Hello MVCC and welcome to Sunday Morning Service Online. Just as a reminder, we are back on campus for Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. We would love to have you join us there live and in person, but we are super excited to have you here as well. If it's your first time here, we would love to get in touch with you. So go ahead and text the word CONNECT to the number on your screen. As a church, we work together to make these Sunday morning services as amazing as they are, and we can always use another helping hand. So if you're interested, go ahead and text SERVE to the number on your screen to get involved. One way that we can have less of us and more of Him is to give. We want to partner with Him and give everything that we have to further His kingdom. So if you feel like giving this morning, go ahead and over to our mobile app or our website and give right there. The past three weeks, the Holy Spirit has been moving so amazingly through Pastor Mike and his messages. And we are super excited to receive what he has to say today. So let's head on over. Hey, it's great to be with you again around the Word. I want to get right into the message that God has put on my heart. And so uh, I thought the best way to start is let's just open with a word of prayer because I truly believe that prayer is the power source for all things. So, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for your love. I thank you, God, that you gave everything so that we could have not only eternal life, but life here on earth. I pray, God, whoever's listening to this message or watching this message, God, that you would just go in to their heart and just remind them that you are good and that you desire so much, God, with our life found in you. We ask a blessing on your word, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're right in the middle of a series called What's Next. And the reason that um, I wanted to call this series What's Next is we're probably asking ourselves that question. Hey, what's next next week? <laughs> what's next for 2021? What's next for the election? What's next for my kids at school? Am I even going to school? If I'm in school, what's for the next semester? And we can get really wrapped up in being consumed with what's next rather than preparing ourselves for whatever God has next. You know, I'm really intrigued with people who, um, who really sold out everything they had for Jesus Christ. I'm thinking of um, Billy Graham. Billy Graham in the day, as uh, most of us know that name, uh, started these huge crusades where he preached the gospel to thousands and even millions of people around the world. His example of dedication to the gospel and his example of dedication to sharing the love of God with anyone that would listen is amazing. But what a lot of people don't know is that Billy Graham was a groundbreaker. He was a barrier breaker. He was, a, um, he was one that, that shook the foundations. He wasn't afraid to speak truth. Um, what I learned in 1958 is there were some ushers that were standing in front of the uh, crusade welcoming people in. There were some African-American people that wanted to get in and the ushers were very, very timid about letting them in. They weren't sure if they should let black people into the crusade. Billy Graham heard about this. He walked up to the ushers and this is what he said. You either let them in or you can find someone else to do this crusade. He was a barrier breaker. I love that. What caused him to take a stand like that? I believe that he was someone that was prepared for what God had for him. Another one that stood out is uh, Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was more than I have a dream. He was more than I have gone to the mountaintop. Amazing messages. But what a lot of people don't know is that Dr. Martin Luther King went to prison for standing up for what was right. Why was he able to do that? Because he prepared himself 
in God for what God would do with his life. So here's a question I have for each of us. Are you allowing yourself to be prepared for what's next? Not necessarily being consumed about what's next in life, but am I being prepared for whatever God brings next? Jesus is our best example. Jesus was definitely prepared. Jesus was a barrier breaker. He was the ultimate barrier breaker. He was the ultimate one who tore the walls down. You remember the scene when Jesus came into the temple? This was a place of worship. This was a place where people came to find God. It's where they came to commit their lives to God. They brought offerings and sacrifices and they trusted the men of God who would take these sacrifices into the temple. And when Jesus walked in and saw this place that was supposed to be a place of the worship of our God, they were ripping people off in the name of God for money and they were lying and cheating the people. Jesus took a whip of cords. He drove the animals out of that place. He overturned the tables. He knocked over the ATM machines because Jesus wanted truth. And Jesus wasn't afraid. Jesus wasn't afraid of confronting those who would not have God's best for the people. You know what I found? I found that the thing that ticked off Jesus the most It wasn't the people that sinned. It wasn't the people that were lost. In fact, very rarely do I find Jesus chastising anyone that was lost. What I find is that what really ticked him off was religious people who kept other people from finding God. And Jesus was prepared to meet anything. Jesus was prepared for anything that the Father would allow him to embrace here while he was here for those 33 years and three years of ministry. I, you know, I really think I want to get to the text here in Mark chapter 1. We're going to go verses 1 to 15. But before we get there, I think, you know, we like the manger Jesus. We like the baby Jesus. We like the safe, cuddly, soft Jesus. We don't like the Jesus who says, look, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We, we, we struggle with the kind of Jesus that says, if anyone would follow me, let him take up his cross, suffering, pain, hardship. It's not going to be easy and follow me. We, we struggle with the kind of Jesus that says, when you do it unto the least of these, when you help out the poor, when you help out those that are least likely in this life to receive help from anyone else, when you stand up for someone who can't stand up for themselves, you're doing it unto me. We, we don't like the Jesus that says, hey, look, don't tell me how religious you are. Show me your religion in the book of James where he says, I want you to take care of the widows and I want you to take, after, take care of the children, the orphans. I want you to notice with me in Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15, the amazing amount of preparation that God brings to two people. Now, when Mark wrote this gospel, we know that most likely it was dictated by Peter. So the apostle Peter was telling Mark all these stories because we know that Mark didn't actually travel with Jesus for those three years. So when he wrote down this account, he heard it eyewitness account from Peter. I think maybe that's one of the reasons why Mark didn't talk about the birth of Jesus. He just gets right into the ministry of Jesus because that's the the hard, we're going to call the hard sayings of Jesus. Look, if you want to follow Jesus, it's not going to be easy. I mean, we find Jesus by grace We find him by his love that's free for us. 
But following Jesus in a world where there's so many distractions and so many temptations, it takes preparation. I want to talk to you today about having what it takes, being prepared to follow Jesus in a world where there's so much hostility and opposition. So if you have your Bibles, follow along Mark chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 to 15. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. He was a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean countryside, the entire city, the entire area, all the people came from Jerusalem and went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the sandals of whom I am not even worthy to stoop down and untie. But I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness and was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. And after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Preparation for John the Baptist was incredible. His whole life was prepared for this moment. That when he was standing before the Lamb of God, the Son of God, God in flesh, Jesus Christ, as he stood before him, he said, I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me, Jesus. And I love Jesus' response. All the preparation that John the Baptist had done. Jesus looks into the eyes of the Baptist, into the one that was said, He is the greatest of all the prophets. Of all the men of God, this is the one. Jesus looks into his eyes and says, John, we need to do this, man, because it fulfills all righteousness. It's the right thing to do. I want to be in complete obedience to my Father's word. I want to be in complete obedience to God the Father. So, what I want us to see today is not so much wondering what's next, but God, prepare me for what's next. I hope, I hope this makes sense for us that, you know, anything worth having, it takes time. Anything worth having in this life takes sacrifice. Things don't just magically happen. Anything worth having takes devotion, dedication, discipline. And Jesus, in this time, not only as he was baptized and the Spirit of God came down in the form of a dove, signifying God's hand, the Father's hand on Jesus, his approval of Jesus, that he loved Jesus with an undying love. 
that Jesus was the Messiah, the one that was sent from heaven to save us. This is a monumental moment that not only is leading to our salvation, but this is a moment that strikes preparation. I can just hear that word over and over and over again. John went through preparation. Jesus went through three years of preparation. And our preparation leads us, should lead us, to the obedience of God. John was a voice crying out in the wilderness, man. He was out there in the middle of nowhere, crying out to anybody that would listen, make straight paths. The one who's coming in the name of the Lord, be ready for him. And the dove that represents the Holy Spirit comes down as a sign of peace and favor over Jesus. You know what's interesting is that this is really a validation of who Jesus is. But this also, we don't want it to be a misunderstanding that our obedience to God comes out of self-effort. Our obedience to God, if you are a follower of Christ, the obedience that comes from your heart to do what Jesus calls you to do, whatever that is, should come out of a grace-based foundation. Why, why would we obey Jesus when it's really hard to go against the tide, when it's really difficult to say yes to something God is wanting us to do when everybody else is saying no? When, when, it, when it requires us to say no to something when everyone else is saying yes, and those voices can become so loud, why, why would we? It's simple, because we've been saved by God's grace. We've been touched with His love. Have, have you experienced the love of God? Open up your heart to the fact that God loves you, that He forgave you of everything you've ever done wrong. Man, I remember sitting in that moment and being ambushed with the grace of God. And the only thing I could do was surrender to Him. The only thing I could do is say yes, yes to Jesus Christ. That grace is what motivates us. I love what one guy said after he got baptized. He got out of the water and he said, Man, all I want to do is serve and love God. I just want to be obedient to God. Whatever He wants to do with my life, I'm willing to do it. And I consider my life just one big thank you card to God. So our obedience doesn't come out of striving and have to and ought to. It comes out of grace based love that God has for us. And that, that makes us want to follow God. It makes us want to choose right. So our decision to be obedient comes out of God's grace. God loves you for free. He loves you with a love that will never leave. And He gives us a reason to wake up in the morning. What's, what's so cool, what's crazy cool about Jesus is that He makes your life wonderful. He thinks you're wonderful. You are his child. You, you are God's, the Bible says you are now God's friend if you step into relationship with God. He says, you are worthy because of my love for you. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to work for your salvation. You don't have to be ashamed of all the things that maybe we have done that have been wrong in God's sight. You know what's really interesting is that you can never be more saved than you already are. 
You can never be more loved by God than you already are. It's for free. And that preparation, why do we worship God? Why do we come to a service on Sunday morning or watch online, taking time for the Word? Why do I crack open my Bible when I could be watching ESPN or doing something else that's just easier? I just want to veg out. Why do I want to dedicate myself to prayer? And why would I want to dedicate myself to serving others, to helping others who cannot help themselves? Simply because, man, I want my life to be in total obedience to God. And that preparation leads us to obedience. I, I can't get that phrase out of my head when I read this text. The preparation that everything God has done and everything we partner with God to do leads to our obedience for Jesus Christ. God, I think, I think what a lot of us say is, God, I'll, 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 I'll want the peace before I do it. I want the peace of God before I obey you, Lord. Give me peace. Oh, I'm waiting on the peace of God. And then we obey. And God says, no, you obey me and then the peace will come. Isn't that the example that Jesus brought us? When Jesus stood in the waters of the Jordan River and he got baptized all the way underwater, when he came up out of the water, once he was in obedience to God, then God brought the visible practicality of that Holy Spirit through the dove. And because of Jesus' obedience, we see the validation of God's love and God's approval that this is my Son, whom I love and I'm well pleased. So I, I like that dove. That dove is cool. That dove brings peace and comfort and assurance. And when I feel like there's nobody with me and I'm standing alone, you know, for Jesus Christ or life or making a decision or whatever it is, I, I like that dove. That dove brings that, that, that assurance, that feeling. But verse 12, uh, I don't like that dove because it says immediately at once the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days. Dude, I got to be honest, I don't like that dove. Because I don't, what that dove represents is leading me into a place that's difficult. Leading me into a place that's preparation. The preparation is hard. There's sweat involved. There's sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's just grinding work. It's just sometimes you don't see the results when we prepare. Any, any of those that, that love sports, I love playing sports. But I'll tell you, I hate the practice. I like playing the matches. I like playing the games. But the preparation, that's difficult. I just can't get that word out of my mind. Prepare, prepare, prepare. We don't know what's happening in the days to come. The Bible says we are in the last days. And we as the people of God have got to move into a place of preparation for what God wants to do. You know, um... None of us know what tomorrow's going to bring. In fact, it was said that um, when Jesus came out of Nazareth, the town of Nazareth, that actually was kind of in those days, kind of like a, a derogatory name or a place. Meaning that they actually had a saying back in the day, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was a podunk little town. There wasn't anything exciting there. There wasn't anything great that happened out of that. But what I love about that is that's where Jesus was. The Son of God came out of Nazareth in his preparation for those 30 years. 
was for the three years of amazing things that were going to happen. So here's some questions as we wrap this up. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of this cancer? Can anything good come out of COVID? Can anything good come out of this lockdown? Can anything good come out of the fact that, man, I've just had a reduction in my paycheck? Can anything good come out of the fact that I'm sitting in these classes online when I really want to be face-to-face in the school? Can anything good come out of this divorce? Is there anything good that can come out of this loss of relationship? Can anything good come out of the loss of a parent, a loved one, a child? You know, um, uh, my, my parents, my father um, passed away two years ago, and then my, my mother passed away about uh, a month ago. And uh, those of you that maybe have experienced that, um, there's, there's nothing really that can even be put into words, the loss of a parent. You know, one of the most difficult things about that in the natural of losing my, my mom and dad is just there's nothing easy about that. I used to call my dad all the time, almost every day. Dad, what do you think about this? I was thinking about this. I think God's leading me to do this. What do you think about this decision? My dad was my hero. He was my go-to guy. And my mom just had a way about her that I just, when I was with my mom, I just felt secure. I just felt like, you know, everything's going to be okay with mom. Now that I don't have that, it's just feeling a sense of loss. One of the things that's been difficult is going back through my parents' house over these past couple of weeks and going through some of their things. I happened to go through one of the boxes in uh, my dad's garage. Interestingly enough, this was on the lower shelf, kind of tucked away. I had to kind of dig around some things to find this box. My dad was, my dad is such an amazing guy. In this box, I found, um, a first aid, uh, non-stick band-aids. I find this old school flashlight. Um, Here's some more band-aids. Another flashlight. Um, This really, really complex um, first aid kit. I see um, a radio that's driven by batteries in case of an emergency. I see blankets in here, more bandages, an emergency blanket. why does this stuff even matter? You know, it's not really about the stuff, but what this tells me is my dad always was prepared. He was prepared. He was prepared for what might happen in the future. Even more than this, my dad prepared his spiritual life by knowing Christ. I went through my dad's Bible and I found bookmarks, notes on the side. And, and here's how I want to wrap this up. It's what's next. We can get all stressed out about what's tomorrow, what's next month, what's 2021. I want to be prepared for whatever happens next to continue to follow Christ.